You are now listening to the CRC Podcast, brought to you by Pastor Ad Bossoff. We trust that this message will change your life forever. Come on, give him the biggest praise that you can. I will be set apart for you. I tell you, the presence of God is all over this place. Listen, God's presence is here this morning, all over this place. He always is, but God is yet for you this morning because God loves you. God cares about you. I want you to lift your hands and say this this morning all over there in Bloomington, in Johannesburg, in Valcom, all the churches with us this morning, right on television. Say, God, I love you back. Say it. I love you back. Say it. With the love that you love me, I give my all to you as you gave yourself to me. Say it again. I love you, God, with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my strength. I love you. I love your presence. I love your church. I love your dwelling place. I will defend this holy ground with everything in me, in Jesus' Name. Come on, if you love God's presence, give Him a big praise this morning. There on television land as well, TBN, TBN year two. Come on there in one gospel, get out of your couch today and praise Him on Praise TV. Come on, praise Him. Facebook, YouTube, Live, CRC Online. Correctional facilities all over South Africa, in Russia, Israel, America, Europe, India, Pakistan, China, Africa. This is the day that the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad. And I'll tell you something, we are going to fight for our churches to be open 100% in 2022 in Jesus' Name. So come on, I know it's a long weekend, everybody's voting tomorrow, but keep your vote in the right place. And that means Jesus Christ on Sunday morning. We still have space available for you. There's two chairs left, so come and bring your friend and let us fill the presence of God. And you know, when we sing that song about defending this holy ground, I know we talk about the presence of God, but you know, the church is God's dwelling place and the pillar of truth in the world today. We have to get back to our churches. We have to get committed to our churches again and get away from this online Christianity. I understand if you're sitting in the plot along Adams in Osnia Kerkin, but I wanna tell you, if you're living in one of the cities, we have churches all over, and there's a great church right close to you. Come on, get your family and get yourself back into the presence of God. Come on, say Amen. There's nothing like the presence of God in the house of God. Somebody, 2022, the year of many breakthroughs. Uh, not just one breakthrough, God's got many breakthroughs for you and we're gonna talk about this this morning. Uh, take your seats in heavenly places. And my message this morning is Naaman's breakthrough. Naaman, Sedirbrak. God's got a breakthrough in mind for you in 2022. And uh, it's time to get ready to lift your expectation and to believe that God's going to do something great in your life. Can you say Amen? Now verse 1 of 2 Kings chapter 5, the Bible says, Now Naaman, commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honourable man in the eyes of his master, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He also was a mighty man of valour, but a leper. It's amazing how one little or a few words changes the whole picture. COVID, whatever you call it, COVID-19, I don't know what, what it is. Changed a lot for many people. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back captive a young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. She said to her mistress, if only my master were with the prophet who was in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told his master, saying, Thus and thus said the girl who is from the land of Israel. God's going to use girls in these days to speak to the king and to orchestrate a breakthrough politically and against poverty and gender-based violence and the giants we are going to slay in South Africa. Then the king of Syria said, Go now and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So drop down to verse 8. So it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to CRC, and he shall know that there is a God in Israel. My version. Then Naaman went 
with his horses and chariots and chariot and stood at the door of Elijah's house. Now listen. And Elijah sent a messenger, the audacity, to him saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall be restored to you and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious. He didn't like God's solution. He didn't like God's plan of deliverance. And went away and said, indeed, I said to myself. We're going to talk about that a little bit because we all have conversations with ourselves all the time. When I say breakthrough, then you have a conversation. You have your idea of how God is going to orchestrate the breakthrough in your life. And we have to talk about that this morning. Because when God orchestrates anything, it's going to be God's way, not your way. God's not going to fit in with your plan and God's not going to fit in with your schedule. And that means that you are going to have to humble yourself in 2022. It means you have to draw closer to God and not because God has blessed you so much, you never put your foot in church any longer. Don't forget where you come from. He says, go wash in the Jordan seven times. Naaman became furious, went away and said, indeed I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and he will do a wave his hand over me and my problems are going to disappear. I mean, we all want something just to happen suddenly. We all want... I think we all think that the supernatural is always spectacular. And unfortunately, the supernatural is very seldom spectacular, but it always requires a commitment to a process. All he wanted was, I want to come to church. I want to go to the prophet. He must wave his hand over me and my problems are going to disappear. And the prophet said, no, you're going to have to lower yourself. You're going to have to humble yourself. You're going to have to get off your high horse. You're going to have to get filled with the Holy Ghost. You're going to have to come to church. You're going to have to get baptized. You're going to have to become a tither. You're going to have to get over your racism. You're going to have to let go of your prejudice. You have to go of your own anger and your bitterness and your resentment and dip in the Word of God seven times the number of perfection until your problem disappears. So he's, he's, he's an angry man because he's a prideful man. And verse 12, he says, Are not the Abana and the far, 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 the rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Why do I have to come? Why do I have to clap my hands? Because I never wrote the Bible. That's what the Bible says. Why do I have to shout in church? Why can't I just be reserved? Why do I have to... Uh, praise God uh, differently. Why do I have to get filled with the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues? Why do I have to read my Bible? Why do I have to confess the Word of God? You see, my brother, my sister, God's not going to help you in your place of comfort. God's gonna, not going to help you in, in the place where you have the control. God's going to take you to a place, and we're going to talk about that, where you are going to have to get the mind of God. And the mind of God's never your mind. And you're going to have to pursue the path of breakthrough God's way, not your way. I don't, I don't like that person. Well, that might just be the person God's going to use. I don't like black people. Well, you better get over that because it's the black person maybe that God's going to use to get you into the pathway of breakthrough. Are you listening to me? I don't like white people. Well, you better get over that because God may just be using the white man to bless you in Jesus' Name. One of my pastors once, we had this uh, amazing uh, um, uh, uh, advance. We don't call it the retreat. And I had some of my district pastors share their stories. And one of them who had been with me for over 20 years, got saved when I was doing a crusade in Lady Brand. And he was abused as a child and his parents were abused. And he had a lot of anger towards white people. And he said to himself, one day I'm going to become a policeman just to get a gun so I can go and take vengeance on those people. But then he came to a meeting and he heard the Gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And God said to him, now you go to that church. Well, this brother didn't like white people. 
And God said to him, the very hand that oppressed you is the hand I'm gonna use to liberate you. Come on. Oh, give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah, because God can use whoever He wants to use to bring your breakthrough. So His servants came near to Him, truth to power, and said, My Father, if the prophet have told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more that He said, wash and be clean. What was the problem? Pride. I want to do it my way. My opinion matters more than what God says. Because when God is going to orchestrate a breakthrough, it better be with trumpets and lightning. And it has to be spectacular without me having to humble myself. Now for this man, think about it. He's a notable man. He's a man of valour. He's a powerful man. The next minute, he's a leper. He's used to being in control and in charge and he contracts a disease, which by the way, in those days were a deadly disease. Most people died of that disease. We have many doctors here and let's give the Lord a big praise for all the doctors and the medical personnel in our churches. Come on, we have hundreds. Give the Lord a big praise. Come on. You know, people who always believe God only uses miracles are, are not very smart. God is the scientist and He graces doctors with the wisdom. Otherwise, we still would have uh, leprosy like parts of, South, uh, of Africa as a pandemic. But in these days, it really was. It was a bad disease. It was one of the most dangerous diseases in the, in the day. It, 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 Naaman was in a hopeless situation in the natural. Think about this. He's all powerful. He's got all the money in the world. He's got all the fame in the world. I prayed for people like this. I prayed for business people. Prayed for a man once. He's worth billions, but his money couldn't help him. And he was diagnosed with such a rare disease. And somebody said, you have to come to CRC. And he did. And after the service, I just prayed for him in the office back there. And God healed him immediately. Immediately God healed him. Immediately. Immediately God healed him. I said God healed him immediately. I didn't have to fast or pray. That was God's plan. He had to humble himself and get over. I'm, I'm a CEO of CEOs. So I'm the president of presidents. And he had to get himself in the house of God and humble himself and worship God like everybody else, whether you're a billionaire, whether you are a child, whether you have no money in the bank, we are all called to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. So come on everybody in this place, jump to your feet and give the Lord a radical praise. Hallelujah. You know, we have people who come and they say, well, I don't like this praise thing. Well, I, I didn't write the Bible. So you don't like God's way. I don't like this tithing. I didn't write the Bible. <laughs> so it's like we, we have our own plan and we say, if God, then I will. God says, who do you think you are? I don't have to prove myself to you. I'm God by myself. So Naaman, go dip in the Jordan River seven times. Not once, not a quick miracle service, not a quick when you need God, you blow in and blow out, but you have to get yourself in the presence of God and wash in the Word until your mind is clean, until the rot is removed from your heart, until humility sets into your heart, until your hurt is healed by the power of the Holy Ghost. Say Amen, somebody in Jesus' Name. So. Naaman is a great man, but he's a leper. His condition is, is hopeless. Leprosy in those days, it's a rotting disease. It's um, highly contagious. Those people were literally the outcasts of the day. So much so that if they approached anybody that did not have the disease, they had to shout, unclean, unclean like today you got the jab <laughs> I 
I didn't say don't, don't get the jab. I just said. Don't call it unclean what God has cleaned. So, imagine this honourable man, but his leprosy is busy dying. His limbs are starting to, to die and they lose parts of their body. And um, I mean, with his chariots and everybody, obviously had people run ahead of him, unclean, unclean. So he wanted his problem to go away, go quick, go away quickly. So secondly, his breakthrough comes through whom he least expected. You better get that. Because we sometimes think if God's going to bless me, it's going to be through that person or that person or that person. And let me say, if God is going to orchestrate a breakthrough in your life, He's always going to use somebody. Your pastor, your church, your homestead leader, a girl that works with you in your business that just says the right thing at the right time. So he's an honourable man and his men went on a raid and they captured a little girl and she's a slave and she works for his wife. Thank God for the people in South Africa that have worked in homes and have raised children of so many people and that have stayed humbled and that have prayed for that family. Come on, let's say a big amen to that generation. Come on. When they tried to push them into the ground, they were the people who stood up and they prayed and they loved the children of very often the very people that oppressed them and they taught those children in the ways of the Lord. Hallelujah. So God's going to use whom He chooses. In Naaman's case, it's a little girl, a captive girl. She's a slave. She's a nobody. But she talks to the wife who has the husband's ear. She uses, listen, listen. She loses, he, he, God, male, amen, uses someone from a different culture, a different language. Oh, we got it figured out. If, if I'm, if I'm going to be helped, it's going to be helped by somebody that looks like me, talks like me, thinks like me. God said, uh-uh. God says, I'm going to mess up your philosophy. I'm going to mess up your, 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 your opinion. I'm going to mess you up. I'm going to use the very person that you think I should not be using to bless you and to liberate you and to get you on the path of your deliverance in Jesus' Name. So we all have to let go of racial prejudice because you may just miss the path of breakthrough. I'm going to say it again, South Africa, listen, because we are so focused on the natural man and that we think that certain things guarantee our future that we can miss the very breakthrough that God wants to orchestrate for you. And I'll say it again. More likely than not, your breakthrough will be initiated by somebody that you least expect. Well, thank you for the amen. That's the Bible. I'm doing Bible here today. You better get with it. You may just miss your breakthrough because of racial prejudice, because of your little jokes, because of talking about them and us. Always thinking that a black person cannot rise to a certain level or thinking that white men are useless and every white person is a racist. God may just be wanting to use that person that you are labelling as a racist to open a door for you and to get you to a place of breakthrough. Can I have an Amen in Jesus' Name? So God will use whom He chooses. I mean, one of the things I've always heard from our, our members, and I don't like the black-white thing is, you know, people say um, CRC is black because we have a lot of black people. And then people say CRC is white because I'm white. So whatever, whatever you think, God bless you. I hope you make it in heaven. And uh, because that foolishness matters not, okay? But for a lot of our people, especially if they are successful black members or people with a darker skin pigmentation, People fight them and say to them, what the heck are you doing going to a white Afrikaner's church? As if that matters. What qualifies me is not my culture, Brother Jack. What qualifies me is not my, my skin colour, Sister Bucket Mouth. What qualifies me is the grace of God and the call of God and the call of God alone. 
and God can put His anointing and His call and His hand in any package. He doesn't need your approval. And if you cannot receive a prophet in the name of a prophet, because the prophet is too white for you, you will lose the prophet's reward. Are you listening to me tonight, this morning in Jesus' Name? Listen. I mean, we have people persecuted because in the new South Africa, how in the world can you go to a church where somebody's name is Adam, Johannes, Jakobus, Bosov? Say, Dai Afrikaners, those Afrikaners are the very ones who oppressed you. Well, maybe God's just using this Afrikaner born again, a new creature in Christ to liberate you and to move you on into the great destiny and the future God has for you. Oh, come on, somebody shout Amen in Jesus' Name. Let's make the devil mad and make the church glad and let the church of Jesus arise beyond the political rhetoric and the racial rhetoric of the day and realise that God is an awesome God. And... Um, you don't decide who your past is, God tells you. Tzidi, one of our great singers here as well, had a problem with white people. And she came from Kwakwa and somebody invited her. She was young, pregnant. She came to church. And she says, that's your pastor. She says, no God, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me. Get behind me, Satan. And I says, no, you didn't hear me, girl. That's your pastor. Say, I corner. Oh, I've seen people lose destiny just because they get caught up in racial rhetoric. They can't see a blessing. They can't see the package that God wants to use because the girl is black or colored or Asian or white because you're so caught up, up in politics of the day that you must, that God will use whom He chooses. It might be the least in your company that just says, Sir, this after party that you're busy with, that's not you. This drinking that you are doing suddenly every single night in the office, it's not who you used to be, sir. That may just save you. Very quiet in this Presbyterian church. So we are good at planning our own breakthroughs, right? Looking at the people we think God's going to use us. And then we go from faith in God to faith with hints. <laughs> I mean, this is a pitiful joke, but in any case, like the missionary that needed new tires for his car and he prayed, he said, let's just pray in tongues. Karasabanda, karasabanda, karasabanda. Yeah, look, I'm Afrikaans. To tell jokes in English takes a big miracle. I have to read my jokes. Then they still don't work. In any case, so, Jeremiah 17 verse 5, the Bible says, Cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes fleshy strength, whose heart departs from the Lord. The minute you look to man, you take your eyes off Jesus, who is the source of your, of your breakthrough, right? You look at that businessman. You look at that person and suddenly you approach people for your breakthrough rather than talk to God and listen to what God says. It says, He shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord, for he shall or she shall be planted by waters which spread, spreads out its roots by the river and will not fear when COVID comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of COVID, nor will cease from yielding fruit. So God, the master, the orchestrator of your breakthrough, listen again, will not orchestrate your breakthrough based on what you think. 
He's going to disrupt your world so that you can move to a place of trust and dependence upon Him. Because we're not talking about what these people want to do in Africa, run to a prophet and somebody must just quickly come and wave their hand and all their problems are going to disappear. Does it be no, my brother, if it took you 20 years to get into debt, it's going to take you a few years to get out of debt. You need a plan to get out of debt. You don't just need one offering that says now your debt is going to be cancelled. It doesn't work like that. If you fall in a hole, you're going to have to climb out of the hole. If you want to reach a destination, you have to take a step in the right direction and you have to journey into the promised land and get over this. I say to myself, God must just quickly come and and all my problems are going to disappear. No, you have to go dip in the Jordan seven times until your flesh becomes clean, until there's a cloud the size of a man's hand, until there is change and deliverance. So sometimes it can just be something somebody says in a conversation, maybe a doctor, and you go to the doctor and he says, "Uh, Sister, Sonny, you have to... Check your blood pressure. Let me put it like that. <laughs> Amen. You have to eat less fat cook. <laughs> it can be somebody telling you to go for the job interview. It can be somebody saying to you, you better start tithing. You're praying for God to bless you, but you're not tithing. I don't like this tithing thing. I don't agree in this tithing thing. Well, that's your problem. That's not going to change God. And that's not going to cause the windows of heaven to open because you want God's breakthrough, but you have your rebellious attitude when it comes to the Word of God. You're going to have to humble yourself and you're going to have to get on God's program and on God's page if you want to see what God has for you. God will not bypass His own Word. And notice, Just as Jesus never ran after the rich young ruler who went away sad because he was a rich man and could not obey what Jesus told him to do, the prophet never ran after Naaman. As a matter of fact, after Naaman was healed and Naaman wanted to give him money, he said, I don't want your money. And I tell people all the time, I don't want your money. I'm not in the ministry for money. And if you still think you can buy prayer, you better get saved. If you still think you need to go to a man of God and have somebody pray over your car so that your car is blessed, you better wake up. Because if you're a bad driver, you are gonna have an accident and you are gonna scratch your car no matter how much I pray for you, okay? If you're in debt, we have to cut your credit cards. First thing. Say amen. So number three, his breakthrough came in a way. It came through, he least expected, and it came in a way he never expected. I said to myself, everything is gonna be okay. I just have to come to church and say hallelujah and my problems are gonna disappear. And suddenly God says, uh-uh, uh-uh, you've got an anger problem. You've got a pride problem. You've got, a, you've got issues. You've got to allow me to heal your hurt. You have to sit and soak in the Word. You have to go dip in the Jordan. And he says, no, there's other rivers that are cleaner. I can stay in my culture. I can stay in my way. I can continue with my Jesus plus gospel. And let me not say this because I think, no, let me say it. Because when I talk about ancestral worship, people think I only talk to black people. I talk to white people as well. White people are stuck to their parents in the grave. White people will say, oh, my father will turn around in the grave if he sees me clapping my hands. Well, maybe he's gonna turn right side up, amen, when he sees you clapping your hands in Jesus' Name. We're not controlled by our ancestors. We do not worship our ancestors. We worship the living God. We worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come on, we are washed and we are saved by the blood of Jesus Christ. And there remains no more sacrifice. We have been accepted. We have been justified. We have been forgiven in Jesus' Name. So we have to let go of certain things if we want God, what God has for us. I mean, we counsel people and they come for prayer and if it doesn't work, you hear they've gone to the Sankoma as well. Well, they never come for prayer again. 
Go wear your ropes and your bands and uh, die ace the rover for by your poor dear us in the geld in your schoon, all the nonsense. And the vrouw where the teeblare lees for you. Daar say, as this where you vertrouwen is, this where God you gaan ontmoet. God's not going to help you. You have to let go of yesterday. You have to let go of your practices. You have to let go of your ways. You have to let go of your opinion. And you have to accept what Jesus Christ came to do 2,000 years ago as your Lord and your Saviour. Someone shout Amen and give Him a praise. Come on, that's who we are. We are a people of God and we follow the Word of God. And we obey the principles of God's Word. No matter how beneath us it seems. Because sometimes praise is beneath the so-called dignified. And it's the praise that will cause your walls to come down. I've had so many people come and say, Pastor, we come for the Word. We love the Word. But you know this praise and worship. I say it's not going to work. You need the praise and the worship as much as you need the Word. You need to clap your hands, all you people. You need to shout unto God with a shout of joy. I never wrote the Bible. God wrote the Bible. You better get on God's program and put your conservative ways aside. It's like people say, well, that's not really me. I'm conservative. Can I ask your husband? Huh? When you get mad at home and you go, Of his grave, Yanni. Yanni! Yeah, yay! But you dignified us. But you perfect us. Then it comes to church where you have to humble yourself and you have to worship God and get lost in the presence of God. Then what do you want to do? You want to keep your composure. You want to keep your stature. You want to seem dignified to other people. Oh, I feel a praise in this place. Someone just give the Lord a crazy praise. Give Him an undignified praise. Shock your husband next to you today. Shock your wife next to you. And just make a joyful shout unto God in the Name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. My time's running out. And I, I'm only halfway. But any case. So I want to say this because like some of you have already got mad with me, right? And you know why you're mad? Because you're an arrogant individual. Because when truth comes, there's, a, there's two responses. You become mad or glad. Truth came to this man. What happened to him? He became furious. Why? Because he was filled with pride. How dare he touch the racial issue and say God can use a white person? Because he can and he will. And he'll do whatever he wants to. He'll use whoever he wants to. Doesn't matter how mad you become. It's not going to be moved by you you being angry. You're not going to manipulate God. So he went away. I'm never coming back to CRC. And then somebody says, hey, hey, hey. I think you better come back. Three months, three weeks later, you get your breakthrough. Because somewhere you break. Somewhere you get humbled. Somewhere you get off the pedestal, off the throne of your heart. And that's not optional. Jesus said, you want to follow me, you have to lose yourself. You die to yourself to your opinion, your culture, your way. Bible says every way of man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord ponders the heart. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter three, be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and depart from evil. So we want breakthrough, then we better get serious about God and the way that God operates and not dictate to Him. We're not gonna dictate to the government of heaven. You can cast your vote tomorrow, but you can't vote for God. So I have to close. He humbled himself, and this is huge. And he acted on the Word of God. 
Thank God he had wise people around him. And we all need wise people, people we can trust. And his servant said to him, respectfully, sir, if the prophet told you to do something great, wouldn't you do it? And he came to his senses and he humbled himself. Almost lost his breakthrough because of his own pride. He had to humble himself, which means I lower myself to God and to the Word of God. I put myself below. I don't fit God in with me. I mean, God could have sent him to one of the other rivers, but God knew exactly that he had a pride issue. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5 and 6, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and He will lift you up. Bible says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Psalm 147 verse 6, the Lord lifts the humble and casts the wicked down to the ground. Psalm 149 verse 4, the Lord takes pleasure in His people and He will beautify the humble with salvation. Proverbs 29, 23, a man's pride will bring him low, but the humble in spirit will retain honour. So what did he do? He smartened up. He wised up. After his anger, I spoke to a person once and he came out of a strong Afrikaans culture in Bloemfontein when the revival broke out and many people came from different cultures. He said, I, every week I left church so angry. But then during the week, I realised that what you said is in the Bible and I better line up with what the Bible says. Smart man. Like Naaman was a smart man. He wised up. He listened to somebody. When there's nobody who can talk in your life anymore, you're in a bad place. When you only listen at your own convenience, you're in a bad place. When you get to the place of selective listening, you're in a bad place. Are you hearing me? And I talk to doctors and then it's like, um, and I really like doctors because they do a great job and they're clever people. Um, And they say, we see the same patients again and again and they just don't listen to what we tell them. Now doctors, I sympathize with you because we have the same challenge as pastors. (laughs) It's like people want us to rewrite the Bible. We can't. I can't. I can't take tithing out of the Bible. I cannot take seed time and harvest out of the Bible. I cannot take being planted in the local church out of the Bible. I cannot take salvation out of the Bible. I cannot take being baptized for the remission of sin out of the Bible. I cannot take being filled with the Holy Ghost out of the Bible. I cannot take things out of the Bible because you don't like it. I mean, people say to me, you can't say that as a white man. Some of my black brother pastors. I say, why? Since when can I not speak truth because I live in this color? Look, I'm actually very pink. I don't know why people call me white. Open your eyes, please. Or go for a color chart. Um, they have to put makeup on me. I'm so pink. So thank you. So say you go to the white man's church, say you go to the pink man's church. (laughs) So you can't say that as a white person. Why? So Jesus couldn't say certain things as a a Jew. He couldn't, couldn't talk to a Samaritan. He couldn't talk to a Greek. As a belief man. Paul, who's a thoroughbred Jew, is called to the Gentile and he preaches the gospel to them. Huh? Peter, that is unlearned, unqualified. God calls him to preach to the intellectuals. That's exactly God, sense of humor. I would have thought God used Paul, who's, who studied under Gamaliel, who's a very intellectual, learned man of his day, get him to preach to the Jews. God says, no, you go to the Greeks and the Gentiles. And Peter, fisherman, 
You preach to the intellectuals. I think God, well, you've got it all mixed up. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe we have it mixed up. I go to places and people say, oh, we're a church for the intellectuals. I say, what do you mean by that? Ah, we're a little bit different, you know. We don't praise like other people and we don't worship like other people. Praise God, you know, we're a little bit more intellectual. No, you just look warm. There's nothing, you don't have to be intellectual and dead. Amen. Ah, come on, man. If God is the creator of the heavens and the earth and He can leave His throne and He can jump and spin in the air with great joy and great delight over you, who do you think you are that you say, I will not praise and worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Come on. If David could dance before the Ark of the Covenant, the greatest king that Israel ever saw, and his wife despised him, despised him, he said, I'm gonna get more undignified than this next next Sunday, because I ain't doing it for you, babe. I'm doing it for God. I'm doing it for my God. I'm gonna praise my God. Yes, you can think I'm a servant, you can think I'm a nobody, but I know who who saved me. I know who I belong to. So I'm gonna praise him louder. I'm gonna be more radical. I'm gonna be stronger in my generosity and giving in the Name of Jesus Christ. Come on, because I'm moved not by circumstances, I'm moved by the Word of God. Hallelujah. So listen, I have to close. We all need people in our lives who demonstrate the love in the following way and listen carefully. And I've learned after 35 years in ministry, There are some things you should not tell Christians. Oops. Because Christians gossip through what? Prayer. Oh, you know, I I just want us to pray for sister so-and-so. Oh, what's wrong with sister so-and-so? Oh, no, no, let me tell you. Sister so-and-so did this and sister so-and-so that and sister so-and-so and sister. Let's just pray quickly. Let's just pray. In Jesus' name, Father, bless sister so-and-so. You're a bucket mouth gossiper. You know, if somebody talks to you in confidentiality, that means it's confidential. You do understand that? Huh? Our policy in our church is if a member comes to a pastor, just like a psychiatrist, a psychologist, if a member comes to a pastor, it's part of our ethical code, employment code, if a member talks to a pastor about their challenge and that pastor talks out of that counseling meeting, that pastor can be dismissed immediately. Because people need a place where they can be safe. Right? Okay, so, I mean, Naaman is a tough man, but his servant speaks to him. So here are the four things. You need people around you. Number one, that have concern. People will speak truth in love to you. And that's not everybody. That may be one or two people that really have your back. Are you listening to me? Number two, you need people of commitment. People who love you. People who are committed to you. Not who love you while you do something for them. People who are committed, who will walk with you through your pain, through your lows and your highs. You need people of confidentiality. That you know that your struggles and your secrets are kept safe. Now, I'll say that again about prayer and gossip because it's a Christian disease, which is sad. The Bible says, Confess your weaknesses one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So I don't confess Pastor Jack's weakness to Pastor Andre and we pray for Pastor Jack's healing. Pastor Jack confesses his weakness to me and I pray for him and he receives healing. Do you understand intercessors, how this works? Huh? Confidentiality. And then number four, consistency. Somebody that will stay committed and be consistent. I mean, these people, they don't only make sure 
that uh, Naaman listened, they got him to the Jordan. I'm sure he said to them, go to the far, far river or the Abner River. Let's go there. Strong leader. In between, they have to stop him, change course, get him to the river. And the Bible doesn't give us the detail. They still had to get him into the river. That means you have to get that person back to church. You have to invite them, invite them, invite them and get them back to church, get them back to the river, get them back into the presence of God. Say, no, 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 no. The way you are going is not right. Get thyself back in the presence of God. Humble thyself in the sight of the Lord that He may lift you up. Do not begin to go your way because God has blessed you and you're now powerful. The Bible says, do not forget that it is the Lord your God that gave you the power, the might, the wealth, the resources to get wealth, that He may establish His covenant. Beware lest you say, my power and the hand of my might has gotten me this. That's when we forget and we no longer return and we no longer go to the house of worship and we no longer honour God with our tithe and our finances because suddenly we serve God at our level and then we want breakthrough apart from God's way, which is seven is the number of completion. It's the number of perfection. It is a number that signifies never ending, uh, which is the love of God, which is certain things will be until Jesus comes back. One of them is praise and worship. Another one is prayer. Another one is honouring God with our finances. Another one is coming to the house of God and worshipping God. Another one is reading the Bible, talking to the Holy Ghost, witnessing to people, etc., etc., etc. That's what we do. We dip in the Jordan again and again and again and again and again. And as we do, which is the presence of God, which is the Holy Spirit, we are being transformed from glory to glory to glory. And as we are being transformed from glory to glory, our problems just disappear more and more and more. And we become more Christ-like and we live more victorious because we know who we are and we know whose we are in Jesus' Name. This is not a little dab will do. Hear me clearly. You have to dip. You have to get it. You have to lower yourself, humble yourself, surrender yourself to His grace. And then the Bible doesn't say, was there a little bit less leprosy after the first time, second time, third time, fourth time, after seven times, because it went in, came out. Went in, came out, went in, came out, went in, came out. When did it disappear? I don't know. Little by little, 10 to 1. Because that's how breakthrough happens. Little by little. Not suddenly. (sighs) You know, I can't cast your mind out. Wish we could. Can't deliver you from an unrenewed mind. Can't deliver you from rebellion, stubbornness being self-opinionated. can't deliver you from that. You have to get into the Word of God. The Word of God has the power to change you and to transform you. So if we still see one another through skin pigmentation and we call ourselves Christian, you've not crossed the first, the first step into the Kingdom of God, which is to love your neighbour as you love yourself. Second is like unto it. You love your neighbour. So while you look at people as them, you're going to benefit by them. Huh? This journey of life, it's not a game. It's not a dab. It's not something we try. It's something we live. We do. You're not going to go very far without Him being at the centre of it all. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. No one moving, please. Right here in Pretoria, there in Bloemfontein, in Johannesburg, in Valcom, in all the churches. No one moving now, please. You know, Naaman had to lower himself. He had to go to the Jordan. He had to dip himself. He had to, he had to be washed. He had to be cleansed. 
for the leprosy to change and for the leprosy to lose its hold over him. This morning, God's love is yeah. The pure love of Jesus is in this place and it doesn't matter what you've struggled with. It doesn't matter what you are hurting with. His perfect love is here today to heal you and to deliver you. And I'll tell you something, that the first step to a breakthrough is a step in the right direction. And that is, you have to go to God. Naaman went to Elijah who represented God. You're here this morning, somebody invited you and there's a stirring in your heart this morning and you say, I need to get right with Jesus. In this COVID pandemic, I've lost myself or maybe you've never given your life to Jesus. Maybe if you died, you don't know where you would spend eternity. You cannot say Jesus is Lord of my life. Maybe you need a fresh start with God tonight, today. I don't know. But I'm gonna tell you that God is here today and He's waiting for you with arms open wide to come and to receive His love and His grace and His mercy. And as you do that, He will cleanse you and He will put you on the path of life, which will bring peace, joy and righteousness into your life. Jesus loves you. He really loves you and He paid the price 2,000 years ago and for us to be saved, we have to dip in His love. You're sitting and watching on television today all over the world. Why don't you give yourself back to Jesus? Put your hand on your heart today. It doesn't matter what you have done. Your leprosy, which is sin in the New Testament, cannot keep you away from God. God loves you. Just say this today. Say, Jesus, I give my heart back to You. I surrender my life to You. Be my Lord and Saviour in Jesus' Name. Amen. Give the Lord a praise. Come on, for those people. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information on CRC, visit www.crc.org.za.